Hello, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is probably brought to you by Protus Global. Look, my next guest is a seasoned executive, highly skilled in building businesses from the ground up. She is a serial entrepreneur with a people-first focus. She previously worked in the Bay Area on federal remediation projects before transitioning into business operations roles in the Valley, in Silicon Valley. She has worked with multiple Bay Area startups to help them set up and scale, and I mean scale their business operations. I am so proud today that we're able to bring to you, to the show, Allison Despaltro, the CEO of Escape Artists. Allison, how are you? I'm great, Vern. How are you? I'm I'm doing awesome. I'm doing great. I'm so happy that you're you're able to join us. I have so much that I really, really want to talk about. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Well, great. Great. So look, I, I kind of want to go on this journey uh, to cannabis with you. Okay. So, you know, as a consumer, were you a consumer of of the plant at all uh, as you were evolving in your adult years? You know, I was the occasional, you know, yeah. recreational consumer. Uh-huh. I grew up in Oregon, so very familiar with the plants. Yeah. Um, it's a great place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in high school and college years, it was pretty common um, to partake. I was, you know, I would say a very rare occasional user before I got involved in the industry. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of the things you got yourself involved in because you, 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 you went, you, you went to school, to college, and you, you became an engineer. Yeah, you know, I've always been passionate about the environment. Yeah, uh, it's something that kind of just growing up was instilled in me. Something my parents were were really um, passionate about as well, and uh, so I, I got into college and was trying to kind of figure out what what to major in. You know, I was. I like everything, so it's kind of hard to narrow it down sometimes. So, but I realized, you know, okay, I like math, I like problem solving, and I care about the planet. And so, environmental engineering seemed kind of like a logical conclusion for me. Um, and and I enjoyed what I learned, and I think a lot of valuable skills came out of that that have helped me later on in my career. Yeah, I, w- I want to talk about that a little bit. You know, you you. you if you you uh, love the environment, you love maths, so you became an environmental engineer, and you you went to work in that field briefly, right? Mm-hmm. When did this entrepreneurial hat, you know, when when did when did you get that itch that you knew that this is you got that you know like because I'm an entrepreneur, I understand yeah. you get that right high, I mean the natural high of doing something like that, and it's hard to do something different. Yeah. When did that start for you? I think so. I think I really have, you know, my husband to thank or blame. I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) We've already blamed him for a couple of things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But he so we've actually met in college. Um, He moved down to the Bay Area. He's a um, technical um, startup founder. Um, And so he, you know, he he majored in computer science in Oregon and we met up there and 
came down and immediately kind of got to work in the Bay Area um, in the startup scene. And so meanwhile, I was working for an environmental firm and I was really realizing I liked the kind of people aspects of what I was doing and the team aspects of what I was doing. And I didn't get to do a lot of that in in my environmental engineering path that I was on. Whereas he was, you know, working for a startup and all of our friends were starting to work for early stage companies that were total chaos, but doing things that were really exciting. And so I really gravitate toward um, chaos and disorganization and like to bring that to organizations. And so I was like, this is a goldmine of fun, (laughs) interesting problems to solve. And And I got I got really into it. Um, and so you got, got hooked. You got, I got hooked. hooked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So so talk about some of the early businesses that you you really helped accelerate from the ground floor. Um, yeah. So one was um, this company that was a commercial real estate kind of company, kind of like kind of almost like finding like. On, online search for I don't know if you've ever looked for office space, but oh, I have. Yeah, it's not like easy to search online for office space, and mm-hmm. so this company was trying to make it easier for founders to find office space for for their businesses. Um, that was a really great experience for me. I got to be an early employee at the company. Um, I helped them get up, open a New York office, and. It, it was just just really wonderful experience where I realized I love building teams. I love mm-hmm. helping teams solve, cha- you know, the the various challenges, whether it's the core business challenges or, you know, the scaling challenges that a business faces. And so that experience kind of led me to um, at the same time, I, I after I had scaled their New York office, had my first kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after that, they kind of didn't really need they were kind of in low growth phase at that point. And so I was like, you know, I love to just do this for companies. And so I started helping early stage founders kind of just like set up and get their business operations running mm-hmm. until they really needed like a chief operating officer or somebody. So that's Good. kind of. So you did, and, and you did that and you just kept doing those kinds of things. Yeah. 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 And so I probably helped, you know, a dozen startups. That's crazy. You were killing it. So, yeah. how did when when did it hit you that cannabis could be a real business that you were interested in? I was. I got in it, and then okay. uh, so one of my one of my founders, who's also a good friend, got pulled into um, escape artists, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You've got to get over here." Uh, <laughs> No, I, he was like, he was like, I need help. You know, like this is crazy. It's it's way harder than tech. I need your help. And so, I came in and was like, Wow, this is totally different. I had, you know, I had started getting a little bit restless with the tech companies. You know, just like I needed something a little bit meatier to work on. And okay. so, he he was like, There's just it's so much harder so many different regulations you're dealing with everything and so i got in and i was like okay i'll help you for a little bit but then i got into it and i was like wait this company is also making like real products that are 
helping people feel better and that was really motivating for me okay the wellness the wellness part of it yeah 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 Mm -hmm. i was i hadn't worked for a company where i was where we were making something that i could really see benefiting the customer in like a very real way you know and we were getting emails i don't know if you're familiar with escape artists but our i am our main product is um our topical creams um our main product line and we get emails all the time from people saying, you know, wow, this really, I had some long-term injury or chronic chronic issue. I use it every day and it, it helps me, you know, live my life. And so hearing those stories from customers was hugely motivating for me to really, you know, like dive in head first, because not only were there no shortage of operational challenges to deal with, then and scaling issues, but um, also the the end product that you're making is something I really believe in. No, that's great. That that is great. What year was that you got into Escape Artist? Um, I joined in 2019. Okay, so you you are, I'm telling you, four years in cannabis is like four. It's like 25 <laughs> years and something. I think else. it's like dog years. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, four years. I mean, you're an old vet. My God, what are you going to do next? <laughs> you know, it's kind I don't of know. Like, you know I'm, I'm hanging around, I think. Yeah. I, I really, um, I'm really, you know, for somebody who enjoys chaos and um, problem solving, I, I don't see the end in sight. So <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I think you're going to be fed for sure. So, you know, this cannabis is, you know, has, there. there's so many similarities and it is a consumer product, uh, right? It's, I mean, top, topical, and we're going to get into escape artists for sure. But a topical is a big deal, and I don't hear enough about topical. That's why one of the reasons I wanted you here, because I want us to talk about that in the wellness perspective of that and what's really going on in that, in that part of the game. But I also know that you're a female founder, you're a female startup expert, you you scale companies, but you're doing it. Most of the folks you're working with are men. Yep. Right. Tell me about that. Do you find that challenging? And if you do, in what way? You know, I think it is challenging. However, and and I can talk about the ways, I mean, but I have not experienced working in an industry that's dominated by women because I've been in engineering and tech before this. So... I think like I have to say things have gotten better just in general. You know, when I was working on cleanup sites in trucking yards, that was bad. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah, the petite blonde woman walks in and like it's not that was not cool. Like there were so many things not cool about that situation. But, you know, and I think tech. People were definitely nicer, but there's there was definitely some sort of divide. And then getting into cannabis, I think that there's more of an openness and at least desire to be more inclusive to women mm-hmm. in the industry. Though mm-hmm. so I think there's still a long way to go. You know, I think one of the things that happens is the majority of executives are men and the majority of 
the people who control the capital that's going into cannabis are men. And then they tend to network amongst each other. Mm-hmm. And then there's these like ancillary women's events, you know, mm-hmm. that are at the same time. Yeah. So the women get like shoved off into this corner and the men over here and they're all working on deals. Well, there's a, you know, women's event. And really, we should be all talking to each other. You know, yeah. I think I think that's what really needs to happen. And it, it shouldn't be this this focus on women supporting women. Women do support women. And I think we should continue to do that, obviously. But I think it's really needs to be men seeking out women and not afraid to talk to women, you know, um, and to go out of their way to support to support their businesses uh, because it's not something that I think comes naturally. So it's, it's something that has to be co- They have to be cognizant of. Well, you know, we're going to take a quick break, uh, Allison. And when we get back, we're going to really dive into that a little bit and, and kind of understand, because I, I totally agree with you, but it's, I mean, that's a big issue of, of, of you know, it, it reminds me if you visualize when you're a kid, it, you know, you, you had the big holiday dinner and the kids were over in the little table and the adults were over at yeah. the big table, right? And there were different, the conversations on the tables were very, very, very different. This is Burn Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is probably brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Allison Despaltro, and she is the CEO of Escape Artist, and we'll be right back. Thanks. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today on Plant Profits is Allison Despaltro, and she is the CEO of Escape Artists. And Allison and I are just uh, chopping it up a little bit about the women uh, working in a male-dominated environment uh, in the cannabis space. And I, I love what you said, Allison, when you said that right, women need to continue to support women, but men need to learn how to talk to women. That's century-old problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a new issue. So how are we going to break that? And what what what... Have you noticed makes a difference in that dynamic? You know, I think, I mean, and I do, I did this at the beginning, and I do think that yeah. this industry is better than others. Um, but I think it's getting, you know, um, you know, like like you said, mm-hmm. you know, there's the kids' table and the adults' table. It's mm-hmm. like it just needs to be one table. You know, we just all need to sit around the table, and. I see it starting to happen and it getting better, but I feel like, I feel like as a female, and maybe this is my own interpretation um, a little bit, but I feel like I have to try harder to get to the table, to Mm -hmm. get those conversations. If I'm in a room with the, you know, the people I want to be at the table with, it's not, people aren't coming and talking to me. You know, I, I go to talk to them. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, I think men in positions of power need to be cognizant of the fact that it's some of it is their responsibility to reach out and find these 
female founders, to find these female executives, to help them because they don't already have all these relationships and it's much harder for them to generate them. And I think there's a certain expectation of, you know, this is not news, but, you know, women are kind of expected to be a certain way. Uh, you know, they're supposed to be friendlier. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, more just pleasing in general. And so it's hard to be, you know, you know, a, a serious business entrepreneur who, you know, is aggressively pursuing their goals and also seem light and warm and fuzzy and be taken seriously. And so it's this really fine line that women have to walk to be, you know, perceived as men by some or, you know, in general as someone they want to continue a conversation with, but then also to be seen as a serious business person. And so yeah. it's 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 a different dynamic that, you know, I think men can get away with being very serious right off the bat and mm-hmm. and taken seriously. Whereas if women come across very serious at the beginning, they don't people don't want to talk to them. And then if they're too friendly, yeah, they're not taken seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a hard, uh, it's it's a it's a hard thing to do. And you can look at me; I've experienced a lot of that in my in my life, uh, trying to really understand how it works. You know, and and what I really have found out, and and I think this is it. And I think we need to we need to call this out and 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 scream it from the mountaintop. It, it's is what. Is, is what the industry is missing if that fails, right? It's the value that's created by having you at the table, right? And, and I think that's that's the miss. And and quite frankly, it's just, it's just freaking lazy, in my opinion. It's just lazy not not to involve the best and most talented people. And I think if when you do that, you get a table of diversity, right? You get you you get people uh, that look different. And you become stronger because of that. And 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 uh, you know, I've had this conversation for twenty years, and that and, and when I have it with a female like you, I you, you say the same thing. I've been saying the same thing for that you know for for decades, right? And and then I end up saying it, it's it's really old. It's really no excuse. It, it's it's really laziness. Is 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 a big part of it. They, you know, you, you got to do something different to get you at the table, Allison. Yeah. Right. I, I am encouraged by the fact that we're at least talking about it now. Yeah. And if when I entered my career, there was no conversations about this. This was not something anybody was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I think. You know, so, what are you doing for 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 women coming up and, and trying to get in the cannabis industry? What what are you? you personally doing or how are you reaching out to them are you mentoring what's going on you know i i do my best to uh-huh. be an open person and you know and when i do find women co-founders you know i love to yeah. just connect it's hard to find them honestly um but you know when when we do you know i have a couple of women that i connect with regularly and we kind of share learnings information i think sharing what we learn as we go and and things that have worked for our businesses and and struggles that we're having and being able to just talk through them together women to women men to women you know every every which way mm-hmm. just going to help each other and and that's one thing i've really enjoyed about this industry so far is people seem to be 
pretty open and sharing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to make, I think one of the best ways we can help each other is is connect people to each other. You know, yeah. you never know the, you know, if you connect, you know, Jim to Jennifer, right? Mm-hmm. They could have a new business relationship that, you know, totally changes Jennifer's business, right? right. So. I think helping people make connections and helping share learnings is is the best way to support each other kind of as as we're all figuring this crazy business out. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it is it is it is crazy. Now, so when you're when you're selecting talent to come into your business, right? And and what what do you do to make sure that you're getting the the representation um, diversity that you think is is necessary to be successful because I, I I know that your business is created by women it's it's a, and and it's attracted to women and it's marketed to women but I mean men need healing too and and so how does that work and 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 what does that look like? Well, you know, interestingly enough, we so I kind of inherited a lot of our team. I think. Diversity is something that we're working on, although we haven't, we do a lot with a very small team. It's okay. very late. But as we open new roles, it's it's something that we uh, consider and we're um, prioritizing. You know, we have kind of a, we do have, we do have women on our team, but I, I would like more women in leadership roles on our team. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. in, in additional leadership roles. You know, mm-hmm. we have an amazing brand director, Monica. She's one of our, our female leaders and she's phenomenal. But, you know, I'd love to see as we grow, you know, we're kind of in, uh, we haven't done a lot of hiring since I started. We I started right before the pandemic. So we actually did a little bit of downsizing and got really lean. But as we grow, you know, over the next year, I see us hiring as being uh, a focus for us and it's it's something we're already talking about you know how do we improve the diversity of this we have a wonderful team but i would like to you know continue to to make that be a focus um, yeah. and so uh it's it's something we're looking at you know and when we work with you know a recruiter it, it's something we talk about you know it's mm-hmm. it's um i think bringing more diverse um diversity to the table leads to better products and better mm-hmm. customer service you know you're getting more perspectives no and and it's it's a proven it's it's a it's a proven thing and i and i love the fact that you guys are internally discussing the opportunity to do that i always say that it is absolutely inexcusable to if you're doing talent acquisition and if you're looking at a slate of talent for a particular role if it's not diverse the job is just not well done i mean you you don't have the best of the best represented in those and what you're picking from but because you know and i know that just very capable folks that could fit into your organization then you know that are diverse are there they're there you just got to yep. find them and and yep. if you're using Talent help, you need to find folks that know how to do that if that's what you want to do it. And because you're going to create better products, you're going to, you're going to create better communication, you're going to create better visuals, you're going to create 
better everything if you can accomplish those goals, you know? Yes, I completely agree. No, absolutely. So look, let's talk about Escape Artist and the product and what's the mission. So hey, tell us the, that mission that everybody in the office understands to be is where Escape Artist is going. What is that? You tell us, Allison. Yeah. So, you know, our 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 founder um, is our chief science officer. Okay. And he comes from pharmaceutical background. You know, he got his PhD at Stanford in drug delivery mechanisms. So okay. he is really passionate about the therapeutic benefits of cannabis and and the ability to use those you know, as an alternative to like painkillers, for example, you know, so, mm -hmm. and so really the, the, um, the founding goal of, of our products and, and our topicals line specifically, you know, which is our, our core line is, you know, helping people, you know, feel better, helping them get to a space where they can be present because, mm -hmm. As it's you know removing the pain that's bringing them, you know causing them uh, difficulty in doing whatever they're trying to be doing, you know, um, and so it's it's really a wellness perspective that we came into the industry from and that we've stuck to, and and I think uh, you know our mission is to help people feel better in a way that they're in control of, you know, with the topical, it's it's a targeted relief, you know, you're not taking a a painkiller that's affecting your ability to function, you know, cognitively. Mm -hmm. You're you're providing targeted relief to an area that that needs it, and so that's that's really kind of the founding principle. You know, is you know escaping that pain and and that discomfort that's bringing you down, and and getting to a place where where you can function. I I see like the example of this is like my dad is somebody who's like our perfect customer. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has um he has arthritis in his knees and you yeah. know I've got three kids. He wants to be at every baseball practice and that's at great. You know, <laughs> and yeah. he wants to be there and he wants to be playing catch with them and chasing them in the grass, but his knees hurt, you know? And yeah. so if if he can put our cream on his knee instead of taking four Advil before he comes to see us, yeah. like I feel like I won that day, you know? You did. You, you yeah. absolutely did. And you're talking to someone whose knees hurt. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you, 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 you absolutely uh, won that day. We're going to come back and we're going to dive into skateboarding some more. And I can't wait because I have some really, I have some questions that I want to dive into with you, Allison. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by my company, Protus. Global. And my guest today, Allison Desfaltro, she is the CEO of Escape Artists. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today, Allison Desfaltro, she is the CEO of Escape Artists. So, with your product, I love the story about your dad, and then that that's a total win. 
What are some of the challenges you're facing today in launching this brand and uh, expanding this brand? And I, I know you have this whole, this new relationship with 42 Degrees of Michigan. I will. I want to talk about that. But tell us how you're looking at. This is a weird time for us in cannabis. And how are you looking at growing this business during this time? You know, I think this is a really weird time. And this Mm -hmm. year particularly, I think it's going to be very challenging. But at the same time, I think it's more important than ever for us to expand our brand to new markets um, to help protect us from the uh, variable state climate, Mm -hmm. you know. And so and, and I do think also you know, we have a category leading product and and we want to get that to new markets. So um, we're we're really focused on that. And and we believe our, our product can help people in these markets. So uh, I think we're taking a very measured approach. You know, we have to be constantly watching our our cash as we as we're going into expansion. Right. Um, and and it's 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 a definitely a, a a very fine balance that we're, mm. we're looking at this year because I don't think the climate for fundraising is great this year. So mm. it's interesting. I I agree. Where are you know what markets are you? Do we have escape artists in right now? So we are in Michigan right now. Okay. Um, we'll be in Nevada in April. All right, uh, <laughs> nice. You're moving on. Yeah, yes. and then we've got a couple other states we're lining up for later this year. So okay, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna uh, add four markets this year. Uh, yeah, that's great. That is uh, that is awesome. Tell let's talk money. Okay, yeah. yeah, you just made a statement that's so true, right? Weird time to raise money. Are you are you trying? Is this a year to raise money or are you managing money this year? What are you doing? We're managing it you know mm-hmm. that's what what we're doing right now is really and and you know i think in a you know in a perfect world we we love to be expanding a little bit faster but i think instead we're kind of buckling down managing it and and we think you know we can get to four markets this year with what we've got so okay. that's what we're focused on right now okay okay um have you, have you been talking to the money people a little bit that's kind of my intention this this spring is you know with all these conferences coming up is to get you know get a better sense of what they're thinking but but the few i've talked to mm-hmm. have you know kind of been discouraging on the you know prospects of of raising at any decent valuation right now yeah they they're they're really investing in their current investments right now aren't they yeah 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 are you going to be in benzinga coming up and yeah. my mouth see you there Looking forward to seeing you there. Okay, so I, I I get it. So let's let's talk about you. You know, you're known for the topical, but you also have pre rolls and you have edibles, right, in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Tell me about building a brand in this space. Tell me about where you are on that, how you view that, and I have some strong opinions. So yeah. I'm I'm really listen. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think. I think what we have done in Colorado, and and I can't take full credit for it because I I was very lucky to inherit this wonderful team that we have, but you know what we did to get into the market in Colorado was we just 
We're everywhere. We've developed really strong relationships with our retail partners. Mm -hmm. We had a very strong, you know, I think in this industry, one of the things that's still so important, educating and training your bud tenders and your retail Mm -hmm. partners on how your product works. Because reaching the end consumer as a brand is much more difficult given all the limitations we have on social media and um, marketing capabilities. So, you know, we put a very strong focus in Colorado in training our our partners and mm-hmm. and their their bud tenders and um, becoming this this kind of household name in the state of Colorado. And and so as we go to new markets, we take that sort of grassroots approach. We have people on the ground in the markets that we're going to our people doing sales, doing vendor pop-ups, doing all of those things, because I think our people are the ones who understand our our products. They're passionate about our products. They know them in and out, and they know how they're they're different than the other products on the shelves. Yeah. So, so education at the point of purchase. For, yeah. You, yeah. And that's I, where you're spending money at the point that's of purchase? Where we, yeah, mm-hmm. that's where we spend our money, our a lot of our money and our just time, you know, our time, mm-hmm. which is money, you know, is is at at the at the stores mm-hmm. and the, the individuals selling our products. Tell me about the topical category. Right. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that and and how you play and what makes you different. Sure. So, you know, um, the topical category is very small. You know, it's about one depending on which market, it's one to two percent of of the markets you're looking at. And most stores have one to three topicals brands on their shelves. You know, That's it? That's yeah, it. they don't. Yeah. T- it, it's not a it's not a big it's not, you know, like gummies. They might have, you know, two dozen different types of gummies. Right. Topicals they are going to have a few on their shelves, I think. But every every store will have a topical brand and um, at least one. And and our brand is 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 different. You know, our, our chief science officer spent a lot of time formulating our topical. You know, it's not just, you know, kind of a, a bomb that mm-hmm. you added THC to. It's carefully selected ingredients that are specifically designed to penetrate your skin. And, mm-hmm. and it's water-based. So that means it's moisturizing and hydrating your skin before to to allow added penetration to it so it's not sitting on the surface of your skin it's going mm-hmm. straight in it's, so it's penetrating yeah 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 so you know our, our products are designed with intention and and from a scientific perspective yeah what what's tell me about consumer feedback consumer feedback yeah you know i think that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Is it? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, the consumer feedback we get is really wonderful and, and motivating to keep doing this every day. I mean, this is not an easy job. This is not an easy industry to work in. And so the consumer feedback, I think, is really what keeps at least me going. And I think a lot of people on our team mm-hmm. is that they they let us know that our, you know, our topicals specifically are are helping them get through their day, helping them deal with the, you know, chronic pain or injuries mm-hmm. that they um, are 
suffering. And that's what we love to hear. You know, we have we have repeat customers and that's what's fueled our business. You know, that's what's kept us market leader in Colorado. And and that's what's, you know, making us look at expansion to new markets. Well, that's great. Now, the business in Colorado, you know, it's kind of take took the turn of, of the West Coast legacy businesses, right? You know, it's been tough. Yeah. How's that? How are you getting through that? And tell us a little bit about your own market. Yeah. So, you know, I think the Colorado market is has been very challenging this last year. Um, and our, you know, our we were impacted by that, you know, mm-hmm. financially, you know, our our revenue in Colorado was uh our revenue at the wholesale level was down. Um mm-hmm. one of the things we've found is that, you know, there's a lot of con- consolidation happening. What we're hearing from retailers is foot traffic is down. Um, I think some of that a probably a decent portion is attributed to surrounding legalization. You know, we've mm-hmm. got New Mexico, Arizona mm-hmm. now. And I think I think that's really impacted our retail sales. I think also, you know, one of the things that's happened is a lot of people come to Colorado for skiing, you know, in the winter and visits in the summer. And I think historically they would load up on products. Now they're able to get those products in their home state. So it's a little bit of a different amount of foot traffic that the stores are seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's it's challenging. And so, you know, one of the things that we have seen is with the consolidation is that our our kind of larger retail partners have taken on more store locations and gotten really tight with how they've inven- managed inventory. Mm-hmm. And so I do think um, the the partners that make it through, the retail partners that make it through this difficult period are going to have really well-run businesses. Agreed. And so, yeah. And so as we kind of come out of this and, and there's probably some baseline, you know, level for Colorado that we're going to have to figure out what that is. Um, But uh, because we had this like crazy 2021 and everything awesome. And then it was just like, bam, in 2022. (laughs) And I don't see it right now getting really better yet. So yeah, I but I think the the partners who survive this are going to come out on top on the other side um, Mm -hmm. because they've learned how to really you know, closely and carefully manage their businesses. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think this that leveling is the theme for 2023. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that's the theme uh, for 2023. And I want to go to back to 42 degrees, right? Yeah. And so how did you get into that relationship? And, 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 and that became a key part of the expansion to Michigan? Yeah. So um, that was kind of through, um, we kind of ended up with 42 degrees through a variety of people in our network recommended them to us. And so we had like three different people recommend them to us. We got in touch with them and, you know, we, we met them, went to their facility and they have a, a really amazing facility they're really excellent manufacturers um you know we were able to to see that pretty quickly uh, and and then we just spent time with 
you know, the founders, um, Elliot mm -hmm. over there uh, is the the founder that we work the closest with. And we just had, had dinner with them. And I realized they were, you know, a partner we wanted to work with that we could work through challenges that we face and, you know, get through uncomfortable conversations and get mm -hmm. to the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And that was really important. You know, I have this very strict no assholes policy yeah <laughs> I love that we have that too here at, at yeah market. like when we're we working that. with yeah when we're working with vendors you know mm -hmm. retail partners uh hiring employees i think it doesn't make sense to spend time working with assholes and so right we met these guys and it was just it's like kind of really clear fit from like a you know just i wanted to work with them i wanted mm -hmm. to be on a team them and we got we got to their facility it looked like you know they were very capable they've been a great manufacturing partner for us you know we got up and running with the manufacturing with no hiccups and and so far we've just been able to work through the challenges as they come up that's beautiful that is beautiful look well before we end this i want to get your outlook uh, on the space on the sector and what you're excited about um, you know, I think I think we're still a ways off from anything happening at the federal level, you know, anything mm -hmm. with interstate commerce. I I think that this year is going to be a tough year for most people in the industry. I think the East Coast and Midwest markets are going to have a better year than the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And but I think ultimately this is this is a plant that isn't going away and this is there's going to be a growing consumer base for this product as people shift away from alcohol as the population ages you know i think there's so many things headed you know pointed to the fact that and there's so so such diversity in the types of products you know like our topicals product mm -hmm. it's not intended to even get you high you know and then there's you know you have the extreme kind of recreational products. Mm -hmm. So there's such diversity to meet the various um, customers where they're mm -hmm. at with, with this plant. And so I think, I think the best brands are going to win the mm -hmm. best, the best managed dispensaries are going to succeed. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to this place where, you know, the shopping experience is really great. And right now, it's not there yet, and and we'll get there. <laughs> uh, you said so much in that closing statement. I really appreciate you, Allison, for being here on Plant Profits. My guest today on Plant Profits, Allison Despaltro. She is the CEO of Escape Artists, and I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus global. And I want to thank all of you for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com, who's my partner in crime here, or subscribe to the show in all major podcast outlets, right? Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast fix, pick up Plant Profits and look for this show with Allison Despaltro, who is the CEO of Escape artist and you can follow Protus global on social media wherever where linkedin insta facebook twitter anywhere 
we are there and learn more about how we're and our efforts are building companies and how we're changing people's lives. That's protisglobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.